Hello, welcome to this week's episode of O2 and You. I am your stand-in host. I'm Eliza Cowie. I'm the policy director here at OT Utah, and I'm taking over this week for David Garbett because I am super excited to have these two on. Um, I'm joined today with by Josh Kraft, a policy and government relations manager at Utah Clean Energy, and Alex Bayu, policy associate at Hill Utah. Welcome, guys. Thanks, Eliza. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks for having the podcast. Yeah, pretty exciting stuff. Um, now that we are a week out of the legislative session, how are you both doing? Are we a week? Can we can we that long? <laughs> oh, maybe not. Half week. Half we're close. Week feels no, like a long close. time. Doing, doing 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 well. A little good to good to spend a little time away from from the building, and uh, you know, and, and nice that we're getting a little snow. Yeah. So maybe it was something nice to have a little bit of a shift. <laughs> Perfect. Well, before we get into it, I just want to give you both the chance to introduce yourselves and give your, you know, tell everybody how you got involved with both of your um, respective organizations and what you do there now. Um, Alex, why don't you start? Sure. I'm Alex Bayou. I'm policy associate with Heal Utah. So uh, I got my start. I, I went to school to you. So uh, Kept it, kept it local, didn't, didn't get far. Graduated with a double major in political science and environmental studies. Um, I worked at Seven Canyons Trust for a while and then Utah Rivers Council for a while. Uh, a couple different political campaigns as well um, dispersed through there and then started up at Heal in August of this year. So I'm, uh, I'm the new guy on the block, um, but happy to be here and, uh, and, and really thrilled to have made it through my first legislative session with y'all. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Good to good to have that first one uh, in the belt. Josh, what about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I, I've been at um, doing government relations and some of our climate work at Utah Clean Energy for a little about five years. And uh, but I, I hail from Mass I hail from Massachusetts before I worked here. I, I did similar work for an organization called the Environmental League of Massachusetts. And I've, I've kind of been lucked into being in this industry for a little over a decade. Um, and I think it would surprise no one that I sort of got the bug for climate and clean energy as a debater in high school, a long time ago, and uh, was lucky enough to kind of worked work my way into, um, I guess I'm the, I'm the political guy at a, at, a, at a wonky group, we're, you know, geeky, wonky, and then um, in a good way. And, and but, but I've kind of alternated between more analytical roles and more or more policy outreach roles. So I, I and I, um, anyway, so that's kind of where I, where I come from. And I'm still, still new to Utah, still learning my, learning the ropes, but I've been, I think this is my, was my fifth session. So, awesome. you know, kind of got yeah. a little bit of how things work down. Yeah, sort of. good. I know you guys have both been uh, my trusted sources when it comes to Utah policy. And so I really appreciate you both joining me today. So um, really excited. So so for our viewers, sorry, for our viewers, um, you know, how does, can you give just a brief rundown of how the Utah legislation works um, for folks that might be new to this process or um, new to Utah? I know we have a lot of people moving into our wonderful state recently. I'll let you take the lead on that, Josh, and I'll fill it Sure. In. I mean, I, so the, 
the Utah State Legislative Session is uh, a crazy and intense seven-week process that begins in the middle of January, ends in early March. Uh, although the legislature has, the rules have changed a little bit so they can more frequently call themselves into interim session. So you, you kind of hear from them more than used to during, um, after March. Uh, I, and I'll just say that uh, they have, that's where they determine the budget and that's where they're supposed to pass most of their bills. Um, but between committees and a lot of our committees deal with energy and natural resources. And I'll, um, and I'll just put a plug in that, you know, even though it's, it's not always obvious, the state has a major role to play when it comes to regulation of how we do use energy, how we invest in transportation, really most of the stuff, what we do with industry, it really, you know, state has a tremendous role and the legislature has an increasingly central role um, in, in how these decisions are made. Yeah, no, definitely. And it was, I think the most interesting aspect was watching the appropriations process go down and, and see how that changed dramatically in the last A lot of 8 a.m. meetings, 8 a.m. winter <laughs> meetings. But you can watch them on Zoom now, so it's a little easier for folks yes. at home. You know, you don't have to go in person to those early a.m. meetings, particularly if you're dropping off kids or drinking your tea or coffee. But. Yeah, it's pretty early, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's super well said, Josh. It it is. Um, if you care about a lot of these issues, be it energy or clean air or anything like that, um, the state legislature has tremendous power over this stuff. And Heal specifically really focuses on on citizen lobbying. So um, if you if you feel like you need to make a get your voice heard or or make change, feel free to come up for one of our citizen lobbying days during the session. Um, it's it's really really easy to get involved with and and yeah yeah it's uh basically the way it works out is that when a bill is going through the process so there, there's there's four different stops along the way um you can either comment on a bill during house or senate committee or it gets debated on the house and senate floor so there's a lot of opportunity for individuals to enact change and, and that's really where, where heel comes in is just empowering more of a grassroots angle um, Josh was saying that uh, their organization is more kind of walkie stuff and our organization is kind of more focused into the grassroots angle of that. So we all work together uh, pretty coherently like that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it was awesome to see your citizen lobbyists come up. Uh, you know, they would come up, what, Tuesdays, Tuesdays and Thursdays? It was fun to see them come up and I really enjoyed uh, the leftover donuts. So uh, thank you for all you do, yeah, including feeding us. Free donuts, vegan donuts, we got it all. So, you know, no matter, no matter the diet, we, we got to feel. Dude. And I, I think it's worth saying also that, you know, and you're getting, we might get into this a little later, but they're just people. They have day jobs, uh, although some of them have been there a very long time and they don't have staff. So you can usually set up a meeting with folks either in person or virtually to talk through a bill. Um, and, and Alex, you know, Eliza and other folks are here to help with that, obviously, if you wanna like, but if you want tips, but also just don't be afraid to come up and grab someone and just give them your, you know, give them your perspective. They're just people, um, but you can come to hearings too. Hearings are, hearings are very important and a chance to, you know, speak your, say, your, say what you need to say about uh, bills that are being heard. Yeah, it was a busy session with uh, a lot of uh, community involvement and some pretty um, big, big issues being discussed this year. It was interesting watching, you know, people from both sides of an ar argument coming to those meetings and, and listening to their perspectives. It, it was a cool 
civics lesson and and how people get involved and and the impact that it has um speaking of which uh, the session was super busy and a lot of energy environment bills were discussed and ultimately voted on um what would what are some of the major takeaway wins for for both utah clean energy and heal Yeah, for, for us, we're, we're really, really excited. Um, so like I said, Josh is or what Josh was saying, like they're, they're way more wonky and do a lot of more like policy crafting and stuff like that. And we're usually more grassroots focused. But, but this year we did craft a piece of legislation in-house um, with SB 136, Air Quality Policy Amendments. And we are all so thrilled about it over at, at HEAL. Um, it passed. It passed with, I was up at the state legislature at 11.55 p.m. on the last day. So it, it passed with, with five minutes to spare. Um, so we're, we're really, really thrilled about that win over here. Um, basically, it, it, it's a study bill. So, so what it's going to do is it, it tasks the Department of Environmental Quality to come up with a diesel emissions reduction program. Um, specifically focusing on uh, the inland port, but it's also, it's all encompassing. We really tried to craft it to, to make sure that it involves uh, people from both sides of the aisle. Um, so it, it's bipartisan in nature. It targets rural areas as well, but um, we're, we're really excited to see this bill pass and, and, and come up with some solutions for our air quality. Um, basically, we, we just kind of cribbed off of a program called TERP which is the Texas Emissions Reduction Program, a really successful program that has managed to lower a lot of emissions down in Texas and, and get them in compliance with EPA regulations. Um, and yeah, we, we really tried to make it more incentive-based as opposed to, to, to punitive measures. So, so the carrot, not the stick, if you will. Um, a lot of grants, just, just kind of incentivizing folks to lower their emissions, be it um, if you're, 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 you're a company or, or an individual or, or, or anybody. So we're excited to see what the Department of Environmental Quality ends up doing with it. And we're, we're excited to be part of the stakeholder process that moves forward with it. And that study needs to be recommended to the state legislature by November of this year. So it'll be really exciting looking forward to see how that process works out. Yeah, that's awesome. I was I was following that on Friday and and seeing for for viewers who don't know, um, it the legislature ends at or the legislation legislative session ends at midnight on Friday last Friday, um, and so watching, you know, at eleven fifty, being like, I hope it gets voted on. Like, let's what wait and see. Uh, so I'm glad I'm glad you guys got that in right right in so um josh you guys uh as the self-proclaimed wonk factory um <laughs> what would you what was your big uh wins this year well i i mean i certainly um want to hear you talk a little bit about sp1 188 and energy yeah. efficiency amendments which was great um but i want to leave that to you i think i mean I, I, general impressions of the session are you know it's, I think it was a glass half full in the sense that we would have liked to have seen more progress on climate, more progress on clean energy. Um, but it was really good at the same time to see some folks digging in and engaging on a lot of questions that um, and ways of implementing some of the changes we're seeing in the market. Um, really happy that HB 186 um, 
which is vehicle registration amendments by Representative Ray Ward, uh, was not a bill that we were strong supporters of, but it, it forced a compromise on how electric vehicles will pay for drivers will pay for road maintenance and allows people who participate in this per mile usage program called the road the RUC road usage program the RUC program gives them some lower rates in the next few years um, as EV fees go up and really I'm just kind of Representative Ward did a he he did yeoman's work to try to bring a number of stakeholders to the table and I'm hoping that that kind of puts this issue to bed EVs drivers are paying their fair share they're paying their fair share we can move on to other issues around how to implement that infrastructure and get more EVs out there, particularly at a time when we're seeing um, some, you know, security challenges and prices going up. Um, and and I'll, I'll just say that the the other the other bright spot um, certainly was just seeing in in a number of areas that the legislature dig in and try to use federal funds, national funds, investing in more you know particularly cleaner transportation options um you know certainly they could do a lot more but i think it was good to see that and sb 188 being one of those areas where hey it's great that you know you have someone in senate leadership and senator colmore looking at how we can give money towards um both clean transportation and also electric vehicle i mean uh residential energy efficiency so those are two two things i would say were great piece of legislation yeah, no, it was, I think it was really, I mean, it was my first year up there. Um, it was awesome to see the energy around dealing with our transportation issues, our homes and buildings, our uh, energy use in general, um, looking out for public land. And, and it was really cool to see kind of the bipartisan efforts that are happening where I don't think that necessarily was the case five years ago or 10 years ago up there. Um, it seems like everyone's kind of coming around and saying, you know what, like this is, this is a big issue on our hands and let's figure out a way to fix it. And, and those discussions, definitely those compromises are, are happening and starting to happen and starting to happen on, on the side of, uh, on the good side of uh, renewable and, and clean energy. So really, really excited for that. But yeah, as Josh mentioned, uh, SB 188, which was Senator Cullimore's um, energy efficiency um, amendments, um, kind of looking at two a two-pronged issue. One, uh, helping low-income folks transfer out their appliances, like furnaces and, and these things that really take up a lot of energy usage and can release pretty terrible um, emissions and helping them get into uh, newer options. And uh, that was really an exciting um, compromise. Both Josh and I testified um, to make sure that people weren't getting locked in to just a natural gas new furnace, that they were able to expand, expand that to um, renewable and uh, zero and, and low emission options. And then the second issue is our transportation issue. And so this bill um, allows kind of an avenue for the state to take advantage of federal funds um, for their transportation and to um, have zero and low emission options for the state to take over, um, which is a great, I think, first step and kind of a great headway for, um, you know, consumer and, and normal people cars um, and incentivizing them. So awesome work, you both. It was, it was cool to see all of those ones work together. in our space. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was really fun.
SB 188 is a great piece of legislation. And it's funny that you you mentioned that, that committee hearing where I was watching the committee hearing and then I, I saw you give testimony. I was like, oh, Eliza was like thinking about the same amendments for the natural gas stuff. And then Josh said the same thing. And it's just funny that we were all thinking together on, on the same wavelength for that one. And Valentine's Day mind mode, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah we got to work together more, I suppose. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it was great to see that pass along with those amendments, making sure that it was more than natural gas. Great work, everyone. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Yeah, Senator Colmore has definitely um, turned into our air quality guy over here at O2 Utah. So you, you need folks to dig in. And I, I just say, you know, I, I, you know, I, we don't always agree with, uh, uh, for instance, Representative Schultz, you know, who's a, who's in, who's a House Majority Leader, but he's dug in, people engage with him. Um, my colleague, uh, Ashley Miller, Breathe in particular, and, and Representative Andrew Lamera, I've talked with him a long time about switchers. Representative Steve Handy, switchers in our rail yards, and that was something that came up. It's an imperfect, they came up with a kind of an imperfect compromise. Sorry, switchers are parts yeah. of railroads that are particularly polluting, and they've been trying to deal with them for a long time. And it was, you know, and, and they sort of, there was a piece of legislation that was ultimately HB 405 that ultimately didn't pass, but it did put that on the radar screen. They came up with a sort of voluntary agreement. And you know that's another way that legislation can move the ball forward. And you just never know. So it's good to find champions because you can always go back to them and keep working with them and you know with every year. Yeah. And you know it it's interesting because these issues that we're talking about now and these wins that we are discussing now have really the groundwork for those has taken years and and some uh big pieces and big, big, exciting bills that didn't necessarily pass this year. It's really exciting to think about them um, for next year and, and continue that momentum and, and engage the public on, on these issues. I think of, you know, so, or Representative Briscoe's um, transportation and, and making sure that their, you know, public transportation is free and accessible and emissions free for folks. Um, you know, I'm excited to see that again next year and, and, a bunch of other stuff. So, you know, looking forward, what do you guys think you're most excited to continue working on or any new ideas um, popping up? I know it's been, you know, what, 72 uh, working hours since we were last up there, but I guess, you know, session 2023 is already on the radar. So anything kind of going on in your brains for what you're excited to continue working on? Already looking forward. Um... Yeah, I, uh, so there's a couple of things that we were really excited about that ended up going to interim study. And the bill SB 136 that I was just talking about actually originally started because the, uh, my, my predecessor, Noah Maturkle, had given a presentation during interim session on this Texas Emission Reduction Program. So, you know, you just got to, the interim session is, is more valuable than you would, you would think. And a lot of this stuff, so... Like you said, Joel Briscoe's uh, free fares forever bill, for lack of a better term, is going to interim se session. Um, you know, it, it wasn't just like completely killed in committee. A lot of people testified on it. Wasatch Front Regional Council, UTA, UDOT, all were saying, we don't know if free fares forever is the right decision, but let's all come together as stakeholders and, and come up with the best decision. Derek Kitchen's got a carbon tax bill that is, it, it kind of almost reads more like a carbon fee and dividend bill. But um, again, it wasn't just, it wasn't completely flat out denied. It's going to interim study. Steve Handy has a energy storage tax credit that again, 
wasn't completely killed, but they're going to study it over interim. And I'm really excited to work on all that stuff, basically. And hopefully a lot of that stuff will um, come to fruition in 2023. We'll see. Well, uh, yeah, and, and I, I'm hoping, I was encouraged that Representative uh, Ward had a, a resol resolution supporting a national Theoden dividend policy, HDR3, that got a relatively friendly committee hearing uh, in House Public Utilities, which uh, for folks at home is is an important committee for energy and tends to be very conservative. I'm, I'm hoping that that maybe can come back next year. Um, I think it'd be powerful if Utah were to endorse, even as a resolution, a national carbon price um, and in whatever shape, way, shape or form. Uh, not a perfect tool. I believe in, we believe in investment. We need both, but we'll take it if it's there. And also Representative Frisco has, has worked hard uh, for a number of years to start a, a, a create a kind of clean energy investment fund um, using some pooled federal money um, that we're hoping may eventually come out of some version of a Build Back Better Act. So that didn't go anywhere this year, but I, we'll see. There's, and there's more than one way to get that done. But uh, we do think that finding ways to you know, use the market sending loans out for energy efficiency, electric vehicle infrastructure, resiliency projects is really good in something where we can build support across party lines. Yeah, that, uh, that clean energy fund sounds pretty cool. And then one more thing, um, there's a there's a billion dollars going towards transportation eventually. So I'm really excited to see what is up with that um, and excited to work on where that goes. Yeah, that was a big surprise that last week for I know the three of us were on on that group chat just trying to figure out if it was getting put into a bill or what it was going to do and and for everybody who's listening in it's it's right now it's up for grabs it's up for figuring out so if you think that there's an important piece um please uh contact your elected representatives and let them know where you want to see that money going um you know there's Transportation is a huge issue in our state and making sure that it's clean and affordable and uh, accessible is, is a good use. So um, Congress just passed this big bipartisan bill. I'll just say the, the what folks at home, what you have a big role in making sure that that goes to some stuff that's good for air and good for public transit and good for walking, biking, that kind of all that good stuff. It's it's but we'll see where it goes. Yeah. I think the biggest thing, a big takeaway that I took is um, the accessibility of attending those committees and, and giving public testimony and really um, expressing how you feel on an issue and how it impacts you. I think I was um, not surprised, but but it was really interesting to see the how receptive um, members of the committee were to public testimony and how important of a role that is. Um, so for viewers, um, you are always welcome to attend uh, committee meetings throughout the session. You can either join virtually, which is a great new COVID thing, um, or you can join in person and you can, all you have to do is write your name down and um, you are able to uh, give your thoughts. So I'd love to hear from both of you um, what advice you have for people who would like to go up there, express, you know, either talking one-on-one -on -one or giving um, testimony during a hearing on a bill or issue, what kind of tips do you have for them on, on effectively engaging? 
Alex, you first. Alex, you first. <laughs> I'll, I'll go first, but I'm I'm also going to be echoing what Josh had mentioned earlier because it's it's the advice that I always give folks is that it it seems like this big kind of concrete intimidating thing this this big building up on the hill to go up to and you got to talk to these professional lawmakers and it seems pretty scary i mean i i remember the first couple of times that i went up years and years ago and 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 lobbied as a citizen or, or attended a public committee and it, it, at first yeah it seemed daunting i'm sure some people listening to this are, are probably thinking just that like i'm not what i'm not gonna go talk to these people but uh, I can guarantee you that it is not a scary process. Um, these people are happy to talk to you. Um, they're willing to talk to you, especially if you're their constituent. Um, it's, 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 it's straightforward and, and they're just normal people. <laughs> like they're not like these, this isn't their, their full-time job. Some of them are teachers. Some of them are like, they're, they're, they're real estate managers. They're, what else do they do? There's doctors up there, um, you know? It's they're just normal people and, and they love engaging in conversation. And at the end of the day, they just love to see, how can I put this? They, they just wanna have everybody come together and, and come up with the best solutions for government. At the end of the day, they're, they're nerds like us. <laughs> they, they just, they, they, they enjoy the process and they certainly enjoy input from folks and they're, they're not gonna just like brush you off. Um, they'll always be open and happy to talk to you. So that's, that's what I always try and communicate to folks as far as advice for lobbying yeah build a relationship with people if you can and and you know and, and um probably if you feel particularly passionate it's good to come to a hearing it's good to try or or have a quick phone call and someone they have, their cells are available they have intern information if you don't if they don't share that with you we're happy to do that because we can we get that during the session it's a good way to catch them and and again i, I think that it's hard because sometimes People do, they work on a lot of issues and it can be frustrating, um, but I would encourage everyone, if you wanna engage on energy, climate or quality, stick with that, pick a few things and just just pester your legislator throughout the session, nicely form a relationship, get them to respond to you and, and that will pay off. Uh, and in particular, if you have, you don't need to be an expert, but I will say like, if you know something intimately from your work life or your home life, um, you know, you had a bad experience with the building or how it was built or something, you know, you can um, share that, come to committee and, and share that. You can come virtually or in person and, and that's good. That's great. They need that. They need a perspective and otherwise they'll just share from us all the time. And we need more than that to make a big change. For sure. Um, you know, we spend- Although if they hear from Eliza all the time, we'll be okay. But it's <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think it's funny. I like it. You know, we spend our entire day jobs thinking through like bills and and how to engage and and what to say. And I heard so many people presenting their bills the session that were like, "Yeah, I'm not an ex." You know, elected officials being like, "Yeah, I'm not an expert on this," but I had a constituent give me a call and they're wondering what you know why they can't use an air rifle to go hunting. Like, and I I I have no real reason. So here's this bill. And it's like if you just call, you can. You can find them on the internet. You can call them. You can email them. If there's an issue that you feel really strongly about. Pitch the idea to them because they are super receptive to their constituents, and uh, definitely taking part in that entire process is important. Sometimes you'll show up to a hearing and be the only person uh, testifying on an issue, and sometimes you'll be 
lined up behind 20 other people and uh, your perspective definitely matters in both of those scenarios a lot. Um, before we wrap up, I wanted to give you both a chance. How can people get involved with your organizations? How can they find you? What is the most effective way that they can uh, help out all the work that you both do? Uh, you can you can find us on all socials. We have got a fantastic communications uh, manager, Mesa Gonzalez. Um, we are putting out some really really great TikTok videos. If you've not seen them, TikTok, those are good. We're on Instagram. We're on I I I personally on my personal Twitter, and then it copies over to the Heal Twitter. I, I do a daily kind of roundup on what's going on on the session. So follow me and Heal on Facebook. Um, and if you want to get engaged, yeah, during the session, every Tuesday, Thursday, we, we hold citizen lobbying training as well as just sessions. So we'll, we'll have, we'll have fact sheets for you. We'll break down the entire process. If you've never done it before, we've got all types of veteran citizen lobbyists that'll, that'll help you through it as well. Um, it's a really great community that meets up there every Tuesday, Thursday, and we are planning on extending that into the interim. So stay tuned. Um, I think we're going to be trying to do more citizen lobbying work during the interim session. So, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Come join we, us. Same is true with us. WeTalkWeEnergy.org is our website. And I think thanks to our um, Blair Brown, uh, we, have an we have an Instagram profile that's actually worth watching. And then Brandy Smith, our communications manager, she's awesome, gets us out. And, and there, but go to the website, get a newsletter. And um, but we are also on the other social platforms and love to hear from you. Um, if you have a question about solar or EVs or building codes, um, we we want to we want to be there to answer your call. Awesome. Yeah, no, thank you both so much for joining um, today. I'm, I'm so excited to continue working with you guys and continue collaborating on on these issues that they're really important and really impactful. And we've got some good momentum. So thank you both. Thanks, Eliza. Awesome. Take care. Bye, guys.